This year marks the 10th anniversary of the PCI Security Standards Council, the body that oversees the PCI data security standard, a payment standard that in recent times has come under fire as the rash of retail payments breaches over the last three years has garnered global attention. But the standard has seen a lot of positive changes and benchmarks too. Once deemed to be more of a US-centric standard, today the PCI DSS is recognized throughout the world and is gaining more acceptance outside the Americas, especially in Europe, Africa, and Asia Pacific. Here, Jeremy King, International Director of the PCI Security Standards Council, explains how the standards acceptance throughout the world has evolved over the last 10 years, and how he expects the standards influence to continue to evolve over the next 10. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So Jeremy, as I mentioned in the introduction, the PCI DSS turns 10 this year, but global acceptance of the standard has been much more recent and has hinged on a slower evolution. In fact, I believe the council did not really start to see the standard gaining much acceptance outside the U.S. until you came aboard. Could you just give our audience some background about when you joined the council and how you've seen the standards influence and impact outside the U.S. change over the last five years? Yes, hello there, Tracy. Absolutely. So I joined the council in May 2010, so I've just done my six years with the council. And in fact, I think both of our involvements with the council map along pretty similar lines. It would be remiss of me to claim all of the glory for the, the PCI standards becoming more widely adopted outside of the US. I think before I actually joined the company, Bob Russo and Troy Leach, Bob who was then general manager, they used to come across to Europe and give presentations and we actually had some European community meetings running. And what I found was, was that we gained a lot of uh, support and a lot of interest in the council but then Bob and Troy would go back to the US and that support and interest would wane a bit with the lack of constant support. So really I joined to try and provide that constant level of support and to be able to provide people with a regular touch point and someone who could explain at that time what was the key question for Europe which is, well we've got EMV chip and pin, why do we need PCI? And it's still as, as valid a question today whenever we, I go around other, other countries which are, are just adopting or starting to adopt PCI. And really the reason is, is that the criminals don't just stick to trying to steal and use and create false and clone cards. They look at how they can monetize the cardholder data through any channel. One of the biggest challenges we see in Europe and have seen over the 10-year period is that as EMV has become more successful and, and become more rolled out, the face-to-face -face fraud figures have dropped significantly uh, and remain low. They remain at a very, very low level. Unfortunately, what the criminals did, they moved into the e-commerce space, the m-commerce space, and we see now card not present fraud representing something like 70% of the fraud in Europe. And really that is where PCI kicks in. PCI is all about trying to educate and help merchants and other organizations in the payment chain ensure that they are protecting the cardholder data so that it can't be obtained by the criminals and then can't be used for card not present fraud. Jeremy, what would you say have been the standards top three benchmarks where international acceptance is concerned since the standards inception? I think when I, when I think about it, really it is the, 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 the understanding and the acceptance of PCI data security standard as being an excellent base level for data security. And I think when you look back at the history of the council and really look back at the history of how we were being attacked, 
in the early days, the biggest problem was that organizations stored masses of data. When I, even when I first came into this role in Europe, when I was talking to organizations, they were saying they had data stored everywhere. I remember talking to one major UK merchant, and, and they, they were running tests to see where they could find cardholder data stored on their servers. And his comment to me was, every stone we lifted, there was cardholder data. So I think one of the key, the big benefits for us was to stop organizations storing cardholder data. And so some of the early breaches where that was the case, that stopped. Well, fortunately, these criminals are canny people. They don't just think, well, that's it, I've gone. They start looking other ways. And so we've seen them now switch to becoming very, very effective at gaining cardholder data in transit. And so we've, we've had to improve how people undertake their network security. We constantly try to get people to improve their password security. That is such a basic that still is a problem 10 years down the line, really to be aware of how the criminals are attacking them. And again, another standard we've introduced with the sole purpose of trying to assist merchants and organizations and is now beginning to gain momentum is our point-to-point -point encryption. If we can remove cardholder data from the merchant environment at the point of interaction, then the criminals can't get anything. The criminals can't get that data. And in fact, again, when you look at now the recent breaches, as more and more organizations are realizing that encrypting cardholder data is the way to go, we're actually seeing that when breaches are occurring, they haven't got the cardholder information. Unfortunately, what we're seeing is that while companies and organizations have become very effective at securing the cardholder data, they've not been paying the same attention to their general customers' data. And what we've seen certainly over here in Europe in some of the recent breaches is that the, the criminals can then gain so much personal information about the customer that they can then ring them up, pretend to be the merchant, and gain access to their bank details. You know, people understand the need for protecting cardholder data. But we have new technology coming along. We have criminals who are better organized. And there's a constant battle to try and prevent them from getting that cardholder data. Jeremy, you touched on some of this just looking at the challenges that the Council still faces in educating merchants about the need for point-to-point -point encryption and ensuring that um, they aren't storing cardholder data. What do you think will be the standard's next greatest accomplishments on the international front? I think we have to look at supporting EMV, supporting the brands as they try to devalue the cardholder data. I think one of the things we have to going forward is work with all entities to see how we can ensure that the data that goes through the process is of no use to the criminal. When you look at some of the areas, we're already beginning to see that. EMV established a new tokenization standard. So instead of a, a customer going online and entering their cardholder data, they would enter a, a one-time token. And that's fantastic because that is removing that cardholder data from point of entry and therefore even for the e-commerce merchant is of no use. Now, what happens though is somewhere further back in the chain, there will be a point where cardholder data turns into a token. And that is where PCI migrates to. We follow where there is vulnerabilities and where there is openness and where the potential for attack. So we will then, and we have done, we've, we've produced a standard that looks at 
the tokenization service provider. So we will be and we will go where the weaknesses and the attacks are. You know, when you look at our PTS standard, we moved with the times so that people wanted to be able to accept cards using uh, mobile devices and tablets. Now we have over 100 devices listed on our website that enable a merchant to securely accept payments using one of these devices because the card reader encrypts, the pin pad encrypts, and therefore the card data is of no use. So we constantly look at and we will focus on where the technology goes and where are the weaknesses in that process for access to relevant information. Jeremy, how would you say that the recent retail breaches we've seen have hurt the standards reputation? And what role is the council playing to help elevate the standards reputation amidst all this criticism? I think it's one of those challenges. And, and actually, it's, it's been a, an interesting challenge for myself over here in Europe. And perhaps one of the biggest things is that over here currently, or until very, very recently, we never had any formal regulations or rules that required organizations to inform their regulator that they'd been breached. And so for years, organizations here have been running under the misconception that we are not getting breached. Organizations in Europe are not getting breached. And actually, that, for me, the biggest challenge we face, because when you see open reporting of breaches, that affects the whole marketplace because the marketplace realizes we're under attack. And so organizations will then focus on trying to implement good levels of security. And when organizations don't think they are getting attacked and don't think that they or their competitors are being breached, they think that they don't need to do this. And as a consequence, we know that organizations in, in the UK are, are, and Europe are being targeted and breaches are occurring. I think in recent reports I've been reading just recently, the UK is seen as the number one place for cybercrime. And yet, if you read our papers, you would never know that. So the impact has been that in the European Union, the European community, they have now finally decided that enough is enough and with new regulations coming through, they are now requiring companies to report on breaches. And for me, that is fantastic because that will improve security. I know it seems a strange way of doing it, but it does actually improve security. And I think the other thing that this has as well is one of the things we wanted to make people realize, and when you read the reports from Verizon, their annual uh, data breach report, and when I read other reports from other organizations in, in the US and in Europe, the key thing is, is that the criminals aren't really having to change the way they attack us. The old attacks still work very, very well. And so it's not a case that organizations are being breached because they just didn't quite do something quite right. You know, these organizations have got big holes. And if organizations don't have a good password policy, don't have good network security, don't react when changes are happening, don't have good security policies for their admins, and that's a change that we've in, we're introducing with 3.2 is to ensure that the administrators have two-factor authentication, then companies get breached. So we need to keep pressing the message. And yes, it's 10 years down the road, and I'm still pressing the same message, which is get the basics right. Implement PCI DSS. Do it properly. Do it throughout your organization. Start at the top. Make the board see the need for this, and then we can see how effective it is. Jeremy, you've touched on the fact that in markets or parts of the world where EMV is now widely accepted, 
the PCI DSS has really kind of had to overcome some hurdles as far as understanding why it's needed when you have EMV, but it sounds like the council has done a good job and is pushing forward. Do you think then, given the fact that the council has helped to educate um, EMV compliant markets about why they need the PCI DSS, that the standard will remain viable over the course of the next decade? Absolutely, and one of the key reasons it will remain viable is because we have an outstanding community. We have a community of merchants and banks and processors and vendors, and together we collaborate on so many things. When you look at, at the council when I joined in 2010, and, and even really right back at the start, we had a board of advisors, so we had participating organizations who could join us as you know, part of our community. And very early on, we decided to have a board of advisors that would be elected from that list of, of participating organizations. And slowly over the years, we've increased the number of, of representatives on there. And slowly over the years, we've increased the number of European organizations on there. And I think at the moment, this year's board, at 28 members, is our biggest. But it also has our largest contingent of European representatives. It has representatives from Africa from the Middle East, from Latin America. So we've got this wonderful pool of expertise. And when new challenges come along, then we can use and work with our community to, to derive new programs and new standards and new guidance. And a classic example of that is we're very, very close to releasing a small merchant guidance document. Taking us about a year to work on this. And we've had such fantastic support from our community to try and take our standards and then make them, almost rewrite them to be easy to understand in using language people can read and, and know what it means, to try and use pictures to show how your payment setup, payment system looks so we can point out where the weaknesses. So we're in a good position because we have great support from the community. We're in a great position because we have also now just taken and signed a, an a agreement to bring the European Card Payments Association on as a strategic regional member. So we're actually growing. We're growing with our representatives from external organizations that have involvement and oversight of our standards. We are growing with our community to make sure those standards are as applicable in all areas. And so for me, the future is, is bright. And as we work together with the brands, with EMV, and with other organizations to try and devalue the, the, the cardholder data so the criminals can do nothing with it, then I think we may well, hopefully, I hopefully, fingers crossed, turn the corner and actually start winning this battle against the criminals. Well, Jeremy, I appreciate your time today, and thank you so much for giving the perspective from the European side. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. Again, we've just heard from Jeremy King of the PCI Security Standards Council for Information Security Media Group. I'm Tracy Kitten.